This is Abnormal Entertainment. Two, three, four. Walked into the tunnel just to find the light. Hunted for old demons looking for a fight. Looked up at the stars, seemed to go forever. There must be a way it all fits together. Fell into the quicksand, held on to the vines. Never cook white color, stay within the lines. Feel like I have wings, I can fly wherever. This is just the way it all fits together. Finally saw the world through rose-colored glasses. Gonna share my journey to small and large masses. Give up on my life, no sir, me never. This is how I put it together. This is how I put it together. This is how I put it together. Hey everybody, this is Daniel Garzon. Welcome to another episode of Put It Together. I'd like to start as usual thanking my producer, Mr. Kevin Moyers, for all his help and support. Thank you, sir. Inviting everybody to join us at abnormalentertainment.com where you can find all the shows in the network. And follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube where you can get all kinds of information. And I've got some new stuff coming out, so please pay attention at the end because there's some new events and some new projects through Little Mexican Productions that I'm really excited about and want to share with you guys. Today, um, I have uh, Mr. Cameron Weir, or is it Weir? It's actually Weir. Weir. Okay, good. I, I knew I was mispronouncing it there. I was putting an yeah. accent in the I instead of the E. Exactly. Which is in Spanish. Right. right. And, and I need more of a Portuguese. Yes. Because Weir in Spanish yeah. means entitled. And uh -huh. I just didn't know if you knew that. All right. So, yeah. and, then, and then you just have the even more entitled Cameron in front of it. <laughs> there you go. So, so yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm even surprised you're sitting here in front of me. All right. I, well, the, the seat's cushioned enough. <laughs> I figured you might get a lot. You might have gotten lost along the way. It's like they might have tacos there, I'll, right? I'll yeah, it's a thing, but but I'm so entitled that I figure even if I get lost, there'll be somebody there. To, Somebody's there waiting for like, me. Like, oh, you need. I know where you need to go. Yes, we're not Motel Six, and we do not leave the light on for you. So thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I feel entitled to be here. Cameron and I met uh, because here's how that here's how this started. I saw Tanya on the news mm -hmm. when they were doing, originally doing the first couple of weeks of the Senior Center. Still kicking. Uh, correct. Yeah, that's the name of the group. And I was like, they've got it. She's got to be on my show. Like, there's just no up. So when I emailed her, she was like, well, we have a show coming up this Friday. Come join us. And me being me, I was like, okay, I don't know what the hell you guys are doing. I'll be there. Well, in, in, in fairness to you, neither did we. When we first started, so I, I just for some context, um, still kicking essentially was uh, and still is. We actually just did a reunion last yes. week to visit them for the holidays. Um, it began by uh, Tanya Smith as sort of a project for a business class she was doing um, in leadership, um, and she had the idea to start an improv outreach group for 
uh, nursing home residents. Right. And so there was one that said, please, yeah, we'd love to have you do it, York Wellness Center in Highland Park. And uh, I was referred to her by somebody in her acting class, and we got a few other people together. Not really sure what we're going to do, but we just kind of went in, and uh, there were a couple of stumbling blocks immediately, such as everyone's in a wheelchair, <laughs> and a lot of people do not speak English. Um, there yeah. were yeah, there were a lot of seniors from from not not just Spanish speaking. You know, there's there was Vivian Kwan from Taiwan, uh, and a few other people, and uh, but we rolled with it. And, and we had so much fun, and it, it immediately began evolving. Um, but the most important thing was that uh, everybody wanted to be there. It was yeah. a room full of love. And I think it just not, you know, it's sort of cliched to say that I got more out of it than they did. But but it's true. It's true. It's if true. You've, if you've never ever in your life, if you listen to this, and you've never ever in your life volunteered for anything, you don't know what you're missing. Right. And, and even it doesn't even have to be in sort of that, that group setting, which we develop more structure, of course, every week. And we learn the games and the activities that they, they really responded to, which was essentially just manic energy. Uh, they like yeah. <laughs> a lot of noise, a lot of music, and just the interaction. Um, but, and you know, because we, we have the news coverage. I think you saw that. Uh, and But the questions that people would often be asking us is, is why or, or why is this something that we should be con- concerned about? And I think it's until it's one of those things that you don't really think about until because often if, if you ask somebody, what's what are your concerns for elder care? And immediately they'll think, well, uh, are they getting the health that health care that they need? Are the nurses stealing from them? Right. Do they have a sunny window and a TV? I don't know, yeah. What else? What else does grandpa need? But it doesn't matter if you're eight or 80. You still need the the interaction. Yeah. You still need you know somebody coming in and not only making you laugh, but you making them laugh. Yeah, I got to go twice, and the first time was a surprise because I was just going to watch. And we dragged you in. We, totally. Yeah. I was just going to go watch and then do the interview afterwards. That was the plan, and all of a sudden I'm in front, which I've done improv before. My career kind of started with improv. Well, the key for us was you were ambulatory. Yes, and, and that helped. <laughs> I go, his feet work. Let's get him involved. And I, I happened to be the token Latino that day, so that always I always like being the token, so that that works. All right. And then the second time, and I'll post the pictures for those of you watching when this airs. Um, I'll post the pictures of the two ladies that I got to meet, who were from Mexico, and I ended up talking to them for like thirty minutes, just about food and when they were young and. Their grandkids and my mom has Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. so it was a very. I'm going through an emotional stage right now, so I'm trying not to cry. But me not being able to have those conversations with my mom anymore, I I have that vacancy available, and they just filled it in, and it was mm-hmm. just I went home and I was like, oh my god, like I I oh, I cried. Okay, so I cried. Shut up! Don't judge me. And you know that's I. I think especially in, in this country, there are pockets of the population, I think, that care more about their elders than others, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing in the Hispanic culture, from what I understand, is, yeah. till the end, Asians as well. I mean, I don't think anybody is putting their their elders out on an ice flow anymore, but... No, because Mexico, there's not much ice anymore, so we have to stop doing that. True. Uh, the proverbial ice flow. Yeah. Thank but, you, global warming. <laughs> yeah. The 
And, and again, I, I should go back and give a little more context. Again, what we found out with York as well was what we thought was we were walking into an, sort of an assisted living center where the biggest problem is, you know, they have too much Viagra. And, <laughs> and again... We Which is a reality. It is a reality, yes. Is a reality. I mean, there, there is a tremendous STD outbreak among the elder. Yeah, because I do HIV education, mm-hmm. and we, we talk about that in, at college level. But as it turned out, and what we, we learned right away with York is it's not just um, an uh, assisted living or retirement home. It's, it's really more of an end-of-the-line type place for people who are terminal. That's why pretty much everybody's in a wheelchair. Or um, so there are long-term residents that this is kind of it for them. Or people who have slipped in health and need to go someplace with more round-the-clock care than their, their current residents could provide. So... So yes, not everybody could be could participate as much as they would have wanted or we, we but hoped. But this episode's about yeah. you, so I'm gonna. I'm sorry. Yes, but I'm, I mean, I'm just that's what I get so much out of. Yes, I so get, I'm I gonna. Talk all day about it. I'm going to repost. Okay. The video with Tanya and the whole group, so you guys can watch that. Okay. And, wait, and, wait. Okay. Then this. Let, let's put it together. Okay. So then. About how how I got to be involved. Be here. Okay. So then. Uh, just doing this part of the conversation. So I met you there, mm-hmm. and I, I became a fan of yours. And then I was like, because of your personal story, I'm like, you need to come on my show. And you were like, yes, I need to be on your show. And then just because it's Hollywood and L.A., it took a, it took a while for us to It took reconnect. a while, but I have so much more to talk about now. <laughs> yes, and, and we found that there were a lot of similarities in our stories, too, which is really awesome. So that's why you're here. So, um, anyway, so here we are today. Here we are today. But you were going to add something before we go into... Um, about, oh. How about how that... Oh, well, essentially, I mean, I... Because I don't know if you want to do your intro about how, how did you put it together. Are we ready for yeah, that? Yeah, we could, because I, I, I think that's sort it, of a good... It nexus. feels like you've taken control over the show now, so I want to make sure... I'll that do that. ...that you're okay with this. All right. <laughs> uh, so, Cameron Ware, tell us how you put it together. Um, well... Kind of from that moment where we met, I had already been on an incredible journey just immediately in the year beforehand um, in getting sober. And um, just to, to preface the date, as of um, you know December 9th, I, I celebrated two years of sobriety. Congratulations. Um, as an alcoholic. And uh, I initially came into recovery in 2015, but it, it wasn't that great. Um, there was some more research to be done. There was there was more research to be done. I I, I was taking a very superficial approach, um, which I can get into in a bit. But essentially, at the end of 2016, I found my way into Beit Shuva, which is Jewish rehab. Oh. Um, it's nearby here in Culver City. Really? Yeah. And uh, Beit Shuva, it's Hebrew for house of return. And uh, it's been in the form that it's now in, in here in Culver City since about 2000, but it first began... Uh, just over 30 years ago, um, by a woman named Harriet Rosetto, and now the senior rabbi, uh, Mark Borowitz, um, began initially as a halfway house, sort of for um, Jewish convicts coming out, because there really wasn't any sort of, well, began as Harriet Rosetto reaching out to Jewish convicts on the inside, because they didn't have much in the way of social services, hmm. and then helping them on the way out. And then it really just evolved into this incredible rehab program and Beit Shu itself now is a long-term residential 
drug and alcohol treatment facility and shul and synagogue and incredible community. Wow. Yeah, which I'm still to this day, I was just there earlier tonight having dinner, reaching out to new residents. Um, and whilst at Beit Shuva, so since they their their mantra sort of is um, this uh, recover your passion, discover your purpose. And I absolutely did that there because they really, from the very beginning, allowed me, encouraged me to 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 focus again on on acting on theater because there there is a, a music and, and theater department there at Beit Shuba. So I got very involved in the groups there, creating some groups, storytelling groups, and they've been involved for a while as well with a program called the Miracle Project, which um, was started about twelve years ago, and essentially it it through uh, performing arts helps uh, autistic children and young adults. Wow. Um, just, just develop, just blossom. And, and, and very simply, the program I was involved in uh, once a week was a, a class called Improv for Interaction. <clears throat> so using theater and improv games, we would help um, autistic kids and young adults um, develop their interaction and socialization skills. Which has been proven scientifically that um, arts, music, Creativity mm-hmm. helps them come out of the absolutely the, the shelter that they're absolutely. in. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. It gives them another uh, way to express themselves. Um, I mean, for many of them, uh, on any, and I was fortunate enough to be working with with kids all across this. And I, I say kids. Some of them were not children, but I'm just saying we would be they're kids the, in the loving manner. Kids. In the loving manner, kids. Um, but they're on, on various levels of the spectrum, from very high-functioning to retreated retreat completely within their bodies. Yeah. But, yeah, as you're saying, you, you find these new ways for them to express themselves. Because yeah. I've seen you know? people with um, uh, very in the very deep of the spectrum mm-hmm. who are very musically inclined, and the mo- moment they hear a tune... They completely memorize it, and then they can play it back instantly. And and you would never imagine. That's right. And, and they'll, they'll even they'll even be able to find ways to change the tune to express themselves. Yeah. Like that is their language now. Is I never thought is, about is that. Music. Yeah, because yeah. I, I remember hearing uh, some clown music, and this guy that that they were showcasing completely slowed it down. To this raw emotion. I remember I watched it on YouTube somewhere. If I find the YouTube again, I'll post it. But he completely stripped it down to the bear. And it was so deep. I was crying watching this video going, this is this fun, loving song. And, and, but you could see, I know everywhere I was like, you can't see the reactions in autistic people. Right. Their facial expressions, you can't see that. But you can see sometimes the way their bodies relax or adjust. Well, I, I don't know who you're talking You can very much see the emotions. And that what they might be referring to is autistic people have trouble sensing the emotions in others. It's that That's what I'm talking about. The social interaction. very much let their... Yeah, I mean, I mean the social interaction part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So so essentially, so essentially, the the basic improv games that you know I grew up playing and, and learned in theater and went through with at Upright Citizens Brigade and whatnot. The essential first rule of improv is yes and. Well, we're helping them utilize that to actually listen and pay attention. So instead of seeing retreated in their own world, 
they're they're staying focused. They're they're learning to ask questions. They're they're reactive listening, and and they just develop and blossom along with that. Now, I'm gonna ask you there because there's there's such a parallel. Talking about sobriety, um, me being in 11 years clean and sober, I'll be 12 next year. Mazel. Uh, thank you. Um, I remember my in my addiction, I was a crackhead, which is a very selfish drug. So it, it completely isolates you from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I could relate. I, as much as I'm sure you would have loved to just hold up in a hotel room with as much crack as you could smoke, I felt the same way about yeah. vodka. Like, just leave me alone and let me drink. Yeah. And I'm, you're, because you don't, you think you just by being left alone, that you're, it doesn't matter. But you're not realizing how many people that's affecting because they're now worried about you. And yeah. this, this is. The silent ripple. We've seen all this potential in you and. Right. You know. So. You coming from that uh, recovery background, mm-hmm. working with autistic right. folks, and, and still early in my recovery as well. There's a lot of parallels. There, there. is. What have you learned about yourself in that journey? Uh, <laughs> what I've, you know, um, what I've really learned about a lot of humility is is something that. I've been told that <laughs> I need, but yeah, I think I picked it up along the way. But yeah, being able to tap into uh, my empathy and and just kind of, no matter who you are, what you're struggling with, being able to go into a room like that, like Miracle Project, um, you, you immediately get out of yourself. Like whatever concern you might have been having, you know, getting stuck on the 405, I mean, like your hair appointment, it just it evaporates as soon as you walk in and see... You know anybody who who could just with with all due reason in the world say I don't want, no I've been dealt this hand and right. I don't and instead it's like no like they they don't even know to not do that they, all they know is just to come in and have fun with each other right. and and to just be blessed with that it's it's one of the rare few places I think I've ever encountered in my life. Where it's just absolute love and everybody absolutely wants to be in there. Because even in recovery, you go into the rooms of AA or, or any sort of anonymous or, or, or certainly in, in rehab, it's filled with people that don't want I mean, nobody, nobody said like, ah, yay, you know, I'm going, yeah, great, I'm going to turn my life around. But it, it's, even when you know it's for you, you're like, ah. Well, I, I don't know if I ever mentioned to you, because we haven't talked about it really, but yeah. when I had to go to court and I, I was given the choice between a year in jail and three months of rehab, and I thought about it. Yeah. I was like, is, are we talking like Oz, HBO jail? Cause I'll go there. They have fun there. And you can still get drugs. Yes. And, and the guys are hot. That's right. So that helps. Like I'll dig it out of his ass. But they what were, you talk about. That's but they were two like, birds, one stone. Yeah. I was like, I'll get drugs and get laid. Yes. Uh, but no, they were like, no, it's not like that. So I'm no. like, okay, then I'll go to rehab. <laughs> I'm good. Um, Okay, so moving on. Right. So, yeah, it's just... We can get stuck in that spot. We could, we could. So, essentially, so I was doing Miracle Project um, and just, and just yeah, blossoming on my own. Um, Because, again, I I had begun, thanks to Beit Shuva, um, I was finding so much fulfillment in in sobriety. Um, I was finding all these activities that were giving me purpose, but, but fulfilling... My desire to perform, but uh, it, we'll probably get into it later as well. But um, a, a big part of why I'm—I feel validated. Now, the validation that I've, I've needed, I of course could only find within myself, not from 
Um, but I may not have gotten from a father figure growing up or, or from other people saying, yes, you're good enough. I had to just realize I don't need to become I just good enough right now. And there are people that want me as I am right now. I just, ha- I just have to accept that myself. So I've gained a great deal of acceptance, especially since coming into Beit Shuva in the past two years. The idea of accept ev- expect nothing, accept everything. So even if you don't like the situation at hand, you're, it's not going to last forever. It's going to give you, uh, you know, uh, something to work, work past, work through, build from, and and yeah, just accept everything that you can because you're probably not going to be able to change it, mm-hmm. but you can learn from it, so it doesn't happen again or continues to happen. Accept the good and the bad. And the beautiful thing about uh, the beautiful thing about recovery. And, and 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 for everybody listening out there, it's like, well, I'm not an alcoholic. Okay, fine. But in in this world, I've learned in my, at my 47 years, we all have something. We all have something. And, oh no, we've all got. And and even just to remind people that you know you, crack may have been your addiction. Alcohol is mine. Oh, crack is delicious. <laughs> um, you know, I've I've enjoyed the smell of cocaine, but addiction and and. Again, something that'll for people who aren't quite familiar with the recovery world, there are certainly old timers right. with a lot of time. You know, the the guys that you know, the old timers in the rooms of AA who will not acknowledge drug users as as being the same as right. them or whatnot, which is malarkey. Because I mean, addiction just very simply is um, hijacking your brain's dopamine delivery system. You can do that through alcohol. You can do that through crack. You can do that through exercise. You can do it with gambling. You can do it with sex. And any of these activities, it, if they begin having a detrimental effect on your life in any manner, yeah. whether it be you know ignoring your family, financially, you can't hold down your job, this is not good. And so there, anybody I think at any given point in their time in, in their lives can stand to, to do a little reflection, introspection. Um, the 12 steps is not bad. No. Um, I've sort of, I'm not really a 12 step guy anymore. Me either. But I am, in the fact that I, I half kid and I half joke that I work every step that begins with a one. <laughs> so I work four of the steps. I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. What are you going to do? And then I jump immediately to, you know, 10, the daily inventory. Like, say, how did they go? The acceptance part, you know? How did it go well? What didn't work? Why not? 11, just staying in contact with our higher power. For me, that's my community. That's Beit Shuva. So, hey, I was in the area on the way here. I'm going to stop and say hi. Cool. And then 12 is then just being of service. And I'm finding so many ways. But she was helping me do that. Again, it tied back in what I was talking about earlier. I've, I, every day I'm able to do things that are so fulfilling for me um, as a performer, as a comedian, as somebody who, who, who wants to express his gratitude as much as he can, especially to Beishuva. Um, but I'm allowed to do it in ways that are just so fulfilling for me. And so I was kind of talking about this. Uh, after about, I came into Beit Shuva in December of 2016, and by August of 2017, um, they uh, it and when I say it's long term, it's it's long term. Most rehab places are 16, 90 days. Correct. Um, Beit Shuva, many of the residents stay at least six months, if not up to a year or more. And I was there for a total of 13 and a half months, and I never paid a dime to stay there. I mean, the average uh, the the. Um, it, the cost for one resident to stay there is $12,500 per month. And they house at any given time about 120 residents. Wow. Um, and very nice facilities, too. Two to a room, 
Um, each and each room has its own bathroom. I mean, it's on par nice. with with many nice places. Not that we want you to make a reservation, but should but, you? But should you need it? Now there are many residents who are, are paying that. They also accept health insurance, um, a variety of health insurance. And I think they might be getting to the point of being able to accept Medi-Cal. I'm not sure yet. Um, but they also have the mantra uh, that no one's ever turned away simply for lack of paying because they work with people on a sliding scale or they also offer scholarships. Now, any program that receives county funding is required to offer general relief, a certain amount. That can, and that's the Salvation Army, that's, that's other type places. Right. Anybody that receives, Bay Shoop actually doesn't receive any county funding. They're not required to do this at all. Yeah, they offer more um, openings to people who can't pay than any other facility I can think of in the area. It's just pretty cool. I mean, I, now I'm, I want to go do a podcast episode there. Well, on Friday, I'm taking a cake for two years, but you're going. I'm going to be out of town, yes. But believe me, I'm there frequently enough. I'm sure you love to come to Shabbat services every Friday. I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Are we still live? Yes, we're okay. back on. We're back on. <laughs> well, I got, I got the you got, you got, He got the finger. And for those of you that uh, are like, what? Now, for those of you that are listening, uh, you probably don't notice this on the audio, but you do on the video. Uh, I like to record in 20-minute chunks so I can keep track of where things, conversations okay. go. Because I'm taking notes and I'm like, oh, that was in the first 20, that was in the second 20, that was in the third 20. Uh, so I, I usually give my guests the finger. All right. <laughs> like, pause, and then we so, continue. Oh, so we've already done 20 minutes, huh? Yes. yes. Okay, good to know. Good yes, to know. Yes. Of, uh, that's usually why when I'm on stage, I'm getting a light. So. That's why I tell but, everybody, yeah. that comes I'm like, when I give you the first, the first <laughs> finger is 20, the second tw- okay. finger is is 40, yeah. and then... I finally will tell you where about. Well, you know, you're you're such a, a rapt audience that you know it's hard to know that this. So you know, so so I'm, I'm going to keep this as to, to my growth as a person as well as talking about Beit Shuva, um, and I was saying so. Uh, so yeah, so I I was there on on what they call a scholarship, and and also after a few months they you you have an opportunity to have a, a work therapy type thing where it's an internship and they find a place for you and and I was able to create my own internship um doing creative arts because I I have a degree in theater um, from UC Irvine um and and I have experience as a performing arts specialist working um I had a, a scholarship doing that at UC Irvine in Orange County Schools I worked for a little while in, in LA as well as Palm Springs Schools doing that uh, so I thought, okay, you know, I'd like to be able to put this to use here. And we had a couple of groups already, an improv group, and then a sort of um, a group that would utilize, we, we called it, uh, it's changed the same sound. Now, now it's essentially just a storytelling group. But it would help people sort of that are still have lingering um, trauma from events on their mind. I don't want to say it's trauma therapy because it's something else entirely. But basically something that bothered you in interaction with somebody. Could have been yesterday, could have been 40 years ago. But you briefly tell it, and then two other people in the group sort of reenact it as you told it. And then we'll, then we'll talk about what happened, what could have done differently, but only, only for you. Because you can't change what that other person did. Right. So then that person playing you will apply that change and then see if that affects the outcome. So it's a little bit of improv... It's a little bit of, you know, your storytelling, and it's the ability for you to process events, not only like, oh, you know what, I can see how it, you know, so it's the opportunity for you to grow for something and be able to apply that change in the future. 
I okay, people can't, can't see this obviously, and if you're watching the video, you can only see my guess. But I am in awe of that. That is such an amazing concept for for growth. I mean, just obviously you can't change the past, obvs, but you can change the way you perceived it or the expectation you had of the situation. Therefore, changing the way you feel now mm -hmm. and and knocking down that roadblock that you have towards your own spiritual, personal growth. That's, that just blew my mind. That right. just blew my mind. I, and it's such a simple concept. It is. And again, you know, also simple just in describing it. And, you know, when it works, is great. And, and sometimes it doesn't work. And again, and what I, I do need to give a shout out to uh, folks like Michael Kaminer, who's already on staff and went through Big Shuva himself. But th these are people who who recognize things in me, so it allowed me to be a part of this and 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 take on an internship and grow like this with Big Shuva. He also brought me in, in to help with the Miracle Project every week. Um, and again, you're also in a situation it, it being rehab. So even though we're having this fun, you know, improv group and things like that, you're still in. Can I curse? No, yeah. Fucking well, I, I wanted to say but, this um, when, when you talked earlier about the 12 steps, because I started, obviously, with yeah. the 12 step. Over the years, my spiritual growth has grown more and my, my spiritual practice has grown more yeah. that I, I've shied away from the rooms, mm -hmm. but the foundation is there. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And I think you know the things I was thinking about earlier, the, the acceptance, the, uh, the being of service, that's, you know, I'm taking... And Beishuv itself is it's, it's sort of a three-tiered structure in the fact that it's, it's very much, uh, um, you know, treatment in the traditional sense of uh, utilizing 12-step tenets. Um, you go to a meeting every day. They have stuff within the organization. There's also traditional psychological approaches. that You have your own therapist. There's a psychiatrist on staff in case any sort of medication is needed. And there's also, of course, the spiritual component. And as with pretty much any program in recovery, even the ones that are, are are based in atheism, but you know they're still and, and I am an, an atheist myself, which is why my higher power is in my community. Um, but the spiritual component is Judaism, which I really latched onto as well, because essentially Judaism at its heart is just a guide to living well. Right. Well, um, before we continue, because we, we keep talking about where you are now, but I want, <laughs> yes, which is beautiful, which is great. Yes, uh, for those of you that are audio. Uh, Cameron's a good-looking guy. Let's let's nah. let's put it out there. Uh, he's a, he, you'd be a bear in the gay community. You'd be a bear. I'm trying to be an otter. No, I understand. You're, you're too hairy to be an otter. Okay. All right. And you're yeah. too tall to be an otter. Okay. Yeah. But okay, I I'm I'm a slim bear, slimmer bear. <laughs> Not, yes. But I I mean I think I still I'm still a cub though. Well, you're 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 learning, but yeah, you're I'm straight learning. too. So we, we. But I'm queer spawn. We keep you in that space, so... Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm well-versed in the culture because I have two dads. So which which is fair, yeah. but still. We, um, that's why he's sitting on the other side of the table. Right. And, and my, my boyfriend is here somewhere. Right. Um, and, and I'm wearing, uh, for those who are just listening at home, I'm wearing a, a full head-to-toe burqa, otherwise, Daniel. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. I, I made sure I told him when he walks in here, yes. we will cover you up. Right. Why are we wearing a beekeeper suit? Yeah, for this? we're not because I'm handsy. Yeah. I'm just going to say that out there. Can you, if you were welcoming you into rehab, mm. if you were the welcome wagon 
when you came in in the beginning. Can you describe yourself? Angry. Um, I mean, at least when I when I got into Beit Shuba, because at that point, um, but just before that, I'd been living in San Diego, where I initially came into recovery in April 2015, and um, I'd been just problem drinking, alcoholic uh, drinking for about a decade, you know, just working in the restaurant industry, occasionally doing some acting stuff. Um, and if, if I was doing a, 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 um, a play or something, I would, I would keep my shit together. You know, I could say like, oh, I'm not drinking for this. But it's like, well, so you cannot drink to go play, you know, puck in a Midsummer Night's Dream, but you can't not drink just to keep this job. Be, yeah. Just to pay your bills. Um, it didn't help though that I was a bartender. Been there. Yeah. And, uh, with, with those ideas of like, ah, oh, I just need to live like Charles Bukowski and just really grow from this. I'm teaching myself. And no, it's, and, uh, and, well, after UC Irvine, I moved to LA to try and, and have a career as an actor. And immediately it just, cause I thrive under structure. So I went from having structure and loving everything about college to having no structure and not really sure how to go about getting what I wanted or not even knowing what I wanted. And, and that sort of led into just drinking more and more and not, you know, from going out and drinking to just staying in and then instead of drinking in the evening to drinking before work and just a vicious cycle of just losing jobs and the restaurant community even in LA is small. So angry, so. no structure. Right. So, but to, I'll connect it real quick. So it's just a, a long history of then moving to Palm Springs, my dad's who had uh, a, a place there that they could put me in, like kind of got me. That was my first attempt. That was called the geographic cure, thinking that moving location will solve all my problems. It of course, of course. didn't, because I wasn't acknowledging these problems. And I was doing okay for a while in Palm Springs. You know, got briefly involved with the school district, um, doing some arts education. That got cut from the budget. I did a great deal of theater there, but at the same time, you know, was trying to make a living working in restaurants and. Just it's not fulfilling. It's not happy, you know. Right. It's and 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 crossing that the you know into my thirties, you know, not really living close to where I think I'd be happy and where I'd be successful. Not doing the work that I think is fulfilling. Like, I, yeah, I'm an amazing server. So many people do. I'm a great bartender, but I, you know, I don't want to be doing that. Yes. And 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 think about it. When you do see. You know, those amazing servers and those great bartenders. And no disrespect to anybody oh, no, who has made, made a great career and is killing it making $1,000 a night at Morton's or something. Um, but you're but, not Tom Cruise and Right. Flamingos. Okay, no, let me put it this way. <laughs> there, I think there's this, you know, yeah, that guy who, who yes, is, who is a level three sommelier and just, and just killing it. And, yeah, making hundreds of dollars a night at a, at a great restaurant. And, and just, just somebody looks terrible. At a dive bar, and it's like, wow, that guy's lived. And I'm thinking, well, I'll be that guy one day, and kind of half looking forward to it, you know. When sort of that that sort of compromise of okay, so I can't just have the hotel room and the unlimited supply of vodka, so I'll split the difference and just work at this shitty bar where it's okay if I'm half plastered the entire time, you know. So that's the guy that came in through the doors. <sighs> Not even worse than that, because nobody. Will even have that, and if you even live long enough to be, you know, fifty-five, but looking seventy-five behind some dive bar, um, 
No. So then I tried another geographic here, moving to San Diego with a poor girlfriend of mine at the time in 2013, because at that point I wasn't going to be able to get any more jobs in, in the Palm Springs area. And, uh, and again, the same problems are happening, but I think enough, there was enough concern and I was willing to listen that um, I went to a detox and then did an outpatient program, intensive outpatient program. And fortunately, I had a job at the time, so I qualified for disability. And I was able to be on disability for um, pretty much from April to 2015 to the end of 2015. And in that time, I became Mr. AA. I was going to a meeting every day. I was at the Ocean Beach Clubhouse, became a secretary, um, just burning through the 90, steps. 90. Had, had a good sponsor, which turned out to be a Trump supporter, so I don't really talk anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, I won't, it was, I it won't was, dump my sponsor because he relap- relapses. I'll dump right. him because he's a Trumper. <laughs> no, he was. Well, no, that didn't really become an issue until much later, when he, after I'd already moved to LA and stuff. Um, or no, being up to that. Uh, the fact that he hasn't changed his mind yet. <laughs> Um, anyway, we're not we're not here right, to we're, discuss we're, that's topical political issues. Um, point being, don't let topical political issues get in the way of your program of recovery. Uh, but um, so yeah, so I started doing. But in front of it, I was doing very well. Like I said, for for about ten and a half months, I I, I was sober. I was doing the meetings. I was Mr. AA, and I even started going back to school. Started grad school to uh, become a counselor. To become a therapist, but focusing on drug and alcohol treatment. Right. But it's very superficial, Daniel. How so? And I see that now. Or I saw that once I came to Beit Shuva and, and got a real perspective on how to do this, it was very superficial because I wasn't getting any real work done. I wasn't really tapping into why I was drinking in the first place or or what whole, you know, I... I Hit again to get into the cliches, but yeah, it really is a hole that you're trying to fill. And um, and I I was mistaken in thinking again I, w- I was chasing notoriety because I wanted to become a marriage and family therapist specializing in, in drug and alcohol treatment, so I could have a book and 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 just be known for this. I was again chasing notoriety, chasing validation, yeah. you know. And and um, and unfortunately, the disability ended as it should have. And I went back to work, um, doing the only thing I knew, which was bartending. And uh, again, thinking, "Oh, I got this licked. I'm Mr. AA." Well, you know, that that of course didn't last. And uh, yeah, started drinking. I can and, swim with sharks, right. no problem. Well, I, I wasn't even like working at just a basic place because, um, like, that New Year's Eve in 2015, I, I worked an event at the Town and Country Resort. It was just all vodka, Red Bulls, and rum and cokes all night. Super easy, not even tempted. Well, I went and got myself at a job at this craft cocktail bar in the East Village where they're the only place for this locally crafted small batch gin, and we're having uh, whiskey sour contests and who can make the best old-fashioned, and you're, it's not a good place. And I wasn't honest about it either. I didn't go in there at the interview and say, by the way, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I still think I can do the job, but just so you know, I don't drink. I didn't even say that. Like the, the first night, I was training with the manager, and he's like, hey, let's do a shot. And what I said was, I didn't. That was my opportunity right there to say, I don't drink. I'm an alcoholic. I said, you know what? I have a 7 a.m. cycling class, which wasn't untrue. I did, but uh, you know, so I'm just not going to drink. That was just a band aid. Yeah. So it didn't take long before. Um, oh, there's a little bit extra in this tin. I wonder if this does pretty good too. A week later, 
fill in for my Saturday afternoon shift, and the manager said, I don't care before you clock in. I need to talk to you in the office. So before I get to your closeout, um, which makes absolutely no sense, um, I was looking at the video from last night, and is that karate? Are you are you doing karate? Is that what happened to the door? You do karate? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, apparently I was. Wow. So, and I didn't learn from that, you know. And the whole thing that the A's teach you to, you know, pick up the phone as soon as you know. I I just then have the network, or it didn't wasn't utilizing this network that I thought I had built for myself. This whole support, you know, for ten months I'd been telling people, oh, it's so easy, just don't drink. Or if you're tempted, you know, just call. Why didn't you call me? You know, it's it's the that illusory control. Like I can control this. I can turn it around. And I, and I didn't. And then it just it began. And that other old AA cliche of that you pick up a right back where you were when you when you stopped drinking. Yeah. It's not that slow burn into it again. It's like nope, nope. we're going right back yeah, to blackouts. Like it's and it's old jokes. buddies, old jokes. Let's get back to. Our, I didn't even have old buddies to go to. It was just right back. No, to I mean the alcohol, or the yeah, drug. It becomes yeah. your old buddy and. You have these old memories and old jokes. And that's, yeah, that was, and so 2016 is just, you know, I, my girlfriend ended up, you know, moving out, leaving me. And that's, that's, that's tough. You know, she'd already kind of put up with a couple of years of me as an alcoholic and fall, you know, came to me saying, I convinced her to do it. Saw me get sober. Saw me become this great version of myself and already kind of, which is a struggle for somebody, I think too, um, that it's as as happy as the artist you get sober, but it's also a why why now why why couldn't you have done this for me why 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 right in which which and they hate themselves for thinking that yeah because I lost a lot of friends yeah. when I sobered up a lot because you know. I wasn't the fun go to person anymore yeah. I was they just didn't think I and was. and as you become so wholeheartedly involved in it you're like hey you know why don't you try going to an Ellen on me this isn't my problem it's your problem <laughs> you lush. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Very true. Like I didn't fall asleep with a crack pipe in my yeah. mouth. You did. Yeah. Those it's curtains true. are charred, not because of me. But yeah. So uh, yeah. So it got very bad and uh, got lost. Got evicted from the uh, the apartment we had in uh, the East Village. Convinced somebody to rent me a room in their house in North Park. Um, Going in and out of, of meetings, trying to keep it together, lying, manipulating my my, my parents, um, and then uh, finally my dad at the the fall of the scene put me in a sober living there in San Diego. Made the first payment. I said, you, "That's it. We're done, though. You can, you, you know, it's the streets after this." And uh, started drinking again there too. Got kicked out and um, was kind of indigent for a good four day weekend in San Diego. And then I had a buddy. One of the last few friends, old friend of mine here in LA, who uh, said, "Come sleep on my couch, you know, or, or come. It's, it's Thanksgiving, come. It's holidays. What are you doing? Oh, oh, come, come, come visit. Because I had done that the year before, but sober. And so he didn't realize what he was getting. Wow, Doctor Jungle, Mister Hyde, kind and of and even <laughs> that's the thing with Doctor Jungle, Mister Hyde. Sober, I'm Mister Hyde. It only gets worse. Um, so, but what he thought would be sort of an odd couple situation quickly became Days of Wine and Roses. And um, so, yeah, he said, uh, this isn't working after a few weeks of that. And um, I, I found Beishuba. It was, it's, it's, 
not easy to get into. I mean, they say they don't turn away for like a paying, but there's still a wait list. And somehow I got in three days after finding about the place. Wow. There was that's, that's, there's uh, some sort of providence in my life. And and from day one, um, I've I've had tremendous gratitude and will eternally have gratitude. What was different this time? This So coming in, at, to answer your, your question again, um, <laughs> or for the first time, and not so roundabout okay. way. Well, ho- so, hold on. I'm going to give you the two fingers. It's been 20. Okay, so for everybody listening, uh, we're talking to Cameron Weir uh, and about his particular story. Um, so... What was different? So what was different is um, I, I, th- that idea of acceptance. That um, one, I this is it. Like I've already had so many last chances. For some reason, I've been given this chance, this miracle of a place. And uh, it, so, <laughs> literally, there is it's 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 this or the streets. And also acknowledging that yes, I mean I've I've already been through the that first step. That acknowledging like yeah, and I've known that my life was infinitely better when I was sober, and not not just not dry, not not drinking, mm. but in recovery, but working towards something. Right. Not just reading the book, but living the book. And uh, so. So yeah, now still there was a lot of work to be done on me, for me, by me, and for one, I mean, I came in there angry um, with myself that that this is where I was at, you know, 35 at the time, and uh, but also incredibly grateful. It was, it was we- I was a weird place, right? With because um, I'm like incredibly grateful, and immediately, sort of. I guess directing my anger out on people that I didn't think were grateful for being there. It's like, <laughs> this place is ending our lives, man. Because again, I was I was in this this very of a strange Venn diagram of you know happy to be there. Again, again, premise of this: it's still fucking rehab, right? This is not this is not anybody's dream vacation, okay? And for a lot of people, this is this this is my first real inpatient. There are people there the third, fifth. 20th time at various right. places, even their third, fourth time at Beit Shuba. Because uh, Beit Shuba is also very good about letting people come back, okay. um, depending on the circumstances. Because uh, that, that's it. That's the thing with addiction, you know. I thought I had it licked in 2015 after, you know, a week of meetings. Well, before you continue, because so. you, you, you mentioned that a lot of people gave you your last chance. Yeah. Up to that, like, when, when my father... Like last time I see, I saw my father, like when he put me in the sober living and, and whatnot, it's, it was they were prepared to never see me again, which is a terrible thing for a parent to have to do. So again, because I, 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 that's how I maintain part of my sobriety is I, I there's alcoholic Daniel, there's drug addict Daniel, and then there's me now. Right. And I had to sit down and look at them. It's like this fucking attitude is going to get you out there again. So you better get your shit together. That's true. And, and I look at both of them and go, stop, because I'm not going to put up with your crap anymore. Mm-hmm. Had you given yourself the last chance? As of now, yes. I mean, I, I know that today, should anything happen, I do actually have that legitimate support network if I use it. Right. 
Um, do I foresee needing to do that today, tomorrow? No. Am I going to maintain it? Yeah. And I think that's the difference. Is is. And again, and and, oh, and, and, and in the two years since being part of Yeshua, um, I, I've attained that validation. I've, I've attained the, the acceptance, right. mostly by myself. You know, it's it's it's, it's a weird thing, and. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've you've talked to a lot of people that seek the adulation, that enjoy the spotlight. And I'll, I'll raise my hand. Yes. Are you yourself? Yes, you can relate to this. This idea of, of chasing that spotlight, chasing that validation, but once you get it, not feeling worthy of it. It's like, yes, I. Thank you for pointing. <laughs> shit. But it's like, do I deserve it though? Or it's like, oh shit, now I got to prove that. I, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of examples before we continue yeah. because. I want people to understand that there is this, it's not uncommon when you go into rehab. Yes, because I, I, I've told people I went in on June 21st, 2007, best freaking summer of my life. It was summer camp. It oh, was, yeah. It was on 20, me and 28 other guys in this house during the summer cooking and we were you know, fixing things and yes, we went to meetings and stuff. But the moment that I walked in, they drove me there. The moment I walked in, uh, I sat down on the couch while they went through my bags. And when I sat down on the couch, I remember letting out this huge sigh and just melting into the couch and going, I'm home. Like, this is it. Like, this, they're going to take care of me. Mm -hmm. and, and so long as I let them take care of me for a little bit, I will survive. It absolutely was that for me. Also, that that's still that that nagging voice in the head, like this is your life now. Yeah, you know. And also too, it's like, but also worried because I I had nowhere else to go. Like I I was I the 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 night um, December Friday December 9th was my last drink to, of two thousand sixteen. I managed to use the last my my, my friend who's, who's now who's still one of my best friends and we've grown together so much since then but at the time it's like and the best thing for me this isn't where you gotta go you're destroying my life and yours I used the last little bit of cash I had to stay in a cheap motel in Santa Monica and completely broke um, Monday uh, or Sunday evening I think no Monday when you know uh, because on Friday I tried to go into a detox in Santa Monica at UCLA Health, uh, UCLA Medical Center. At that point, I didn't have any health insurance. My Medi-Cal had lapsed. I didn't know why, for what reason, or probably my fault. And I wasn't dying, so they couldn't take me. And then he's on the same motel, went back Monday. I'm like, well, you don't have insurance. And um, I'm so I'm indigent right. entirely. They gave me a list of places that, like as I said earlier, offer... Um, General Leaf. There's kind of funny. Beishuva was on that list. Beishuva should not have been on that list. Make a phone call. Um, get, you know, a couple hours later, as I'm standing in the parking lot for a shelter in Venice, Venice Tabernacle. So, in order to have a bed that night, I had to spend two hours at a very, um, well, let's just say that the minister had some very interesting views on <laughs> your lifestyle and the lifestyle of my, pad, my dad's, but we're not going to get into that. Taco eating? <laughs> they have some friends who enjoy tacos. Um, they have a taco eating son, but I flipped it on you. Uh, 
No, so, but again, yeah, I was very happy, you know, grateful to be there. Um, but while I'm waiting for that bed, you know, said, okay, uh, this year, briefly tell me your story. Okay, arranged for Wednesday to have a longer phone interview. Did that, and by Thursday I was in. Now, in the meantime, I did some great work. Now being sober and having my head toward it by going to social services, getting my medical straightened out, getting the EPT straightened out. A counselor there, an amazing woman, saw that the desperation in my eyes must have, and arranged for me to have a voucher from the county to stay in a cheap motel for a week. Um, that's the thing. Those social services women, they work so hard. And men. I, but everybody there. And the cases that they see. And But that's the thing, though, too. They can only help you if you go in for help, if you're doing the work to have, you know. So... And you know what? That's a whole other podcast for another day we're, we're, about, we're, about, yeah, how to, about how to help the, the Obviously, for everybody listening, he will come back. Cause yes. Um, we haven't even scraped. Right. We, we haven't even gone past... Yeah, you're you going to have to come out to Laguna so we can have... Like, uh, so, again, to... So, okay, well, yeah, let me... So, let me, let me. So, so, basically, so I come to Beit Shuba, so incredibly grateful. I'm like, okay, this is... And from what I've already learned about Beit Shuba, it's like, this is a program I want to be a part of. This is work I can do. It's not going to be thumping me over the head with, you know, or at least I thought I can deal with the Jewish aspect. That's fine. And turns out I've thrown myself into... I really... I am also a patrilineal Jew. I'm trying to fit all this information. I know, yeah, I know. But you're good. We still have another... Yeah. 15 so, minutes. I mean, you don't have to be Jewish to go there, but it helps, and you'll certainly leave a lot Jewier than when you went in. <laughs> uh, my father's side is Jewish, and my mother's is Scottish. So <laughs> I'm just cheap and angry. I just had and, Mel Brooks pop in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if if you're not on J-Swipe going in, you will be when you leave. <laughs> uh, so, and now I'm doing the my comedy act. <laughs> and uh, so... Yeah, so they, um, but really, I think they saw a lot in me that, um, all right, I realized much later, I, as especially as I started giving back the big shoe in ways like, you see, you know, he's worth it. I didn't feel that at the time. And even once I was in there, I was feeling, one, not good enough to be there. Like, wow, how did I get in here? Um, it's that lack of validation. And at the same time, thinking, I'm not bad enough to be here. Like, I'm just an alcoholic. And even in just the six days of not drinking, I've kind of gotten my shit together. They're going to realize pretty quick that I don't need to be here, that this bed can be used for somebody else, or at least somebody who's paying their way. So it's, it was a weird feeling my first month or so. And and I was in the first couple weeks, I was still tremendously pink clouding because I was so happy to be there. I was like, all right, but, we're getting our shit together. But yeah, wait, don't, cloud, but yeah. don't seem you're, like you're doing too well. But at the same time, <laughs> get the help yeah. you need. It was, but then, you know, I had a great counselor who, who just kind of assured me and who himself went, like 80% of the people that worked there went through Big Shuba. Okay. And, um, and, and you start taking on a role there in the work therapy. So a lot of people, they become um, program facilitators and then Big Shuba helps them go back to school and get their their uh, certificates and whatnot in drug and alcohol counseling and then become counselors. It's an amazing place. Again, and I had this great counselor who I think he only has a year or so more than me, but it took him a couple times from a much different background than me um, in, in the gang culture. But again, we're in a place where you never think either of us would ever need to meet and learn from each other and have so much in common, but okay, here so we are. Speaking of learning, we're at the point of the show 
where <laughs> I ask my guests to share some words of wisdom with my listeners. Okay. So, Cameron Weir, what words of wisdom do you have to share? Um, you know, I said it earlier, but the, the concept of expect nothing and accept everything. Cause, and I, and that's, that applies to so much more than just recovery. I think just any sort of situation you're walking into, as soon as you start placing expectations, and that's not to say, you know, I think there's a, like, I should never even expect anything, you know, like, uh, like, to, what's an unreasonable thing to, that, that's simple. But, I guess when you're expecting everything to go your way and it starts getting very unreasonable and then when it doesn't and that just rattles you to the core and you just can't function, like how is this um, an issue? Uh, yeah, I think I'll so, that. So before we go... I, I explained that as well as I would have liked to. We have about 10 minutes left. Oh, great. So I can take another shot at that. And this is where I get into my deeper questions. Oh, good. Are you still angry? That's a good question. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but not in the way that it was. I because uh, it's a combination of things. And I good, you've redirected me because it's the point that we were trying to get to. Is in the past couple of years, I've been physically in an amazing place that has allowed me to become emotionally in a place. Doing these things. That not only at the time, because uh, the other great thing about Beijing is you, at some point you have to leave. I moved out February 1st of this year. But you don't, nobody's pushed out until they're ready. As long as you're doing what you're supposed to be, as you're contributing, staying sober. Um, yeah, we're, you know, they're, they're going to be mama bird and push you out. Right. But they're going to make sure that, you know, your wings are working. Um, what I never thought, I'll tell you what, I don't, one, I don't have a right to be angry. Again, that's me. (laughs) Because I'm doing today, just sitting here talking to you, and we haven't even touched on these things that I get to do, um, like you introduced me as an actor, we haven't even touched on me doing any of that yet, because going into Big Shuba two years ago, I... That wasn't even a back burner. That's like, well, I had a chance. Didn't even have a chance. Didn't even take the chance. But, you know, if I'm working in a thrift store now, <laughs> next 20s, whatever. Um, not, again, there's a big <laughs> thrift store. A remarkable place. Yes. I'm sure everybody who listens to the show knows that there's no... Residents work there. Yeah, no, no. Uh, so not to put down anybody, and I volunteer for my first. I volunteered every Saturday morning at the thrift store. Um, okay, so let me talk about the anger because you right. already said you are angry. Of you, course, yeah. And we, still, and, and I'll admit yeah. that, that there are times when I'm still angry, and we'll talk about my. The, the difference is is not nearly as much as I used to be, and because again, I can I can look at it. I can say, what what what? Why am I really bothered? Why is this worth it? You know, and usually it's me. It's not. The other in the situation, of course, as, as pretty much all anger eventually is, as well as, and it's much less so because I've always, I've often also had a problem with depression over the years, and depression itself is really just anger turned inwards. So even acknowledging that, these these things that, why is it bothering me? There's no reason for this. You know, is this the hill I want to die on? Is this, is this even make any sense? And, and sometimes it's amusing. Like I, 
I'd certainly have moments of dryness, you know, so to speak. It'll happen on the road. We all do. Yeah. You know? I'm I driving in L.A. The finger. My, yeah. you know, and, and then being a comedian, it sometimes helps to have those moments of dryness, which you can talk about, you know, on stage. But I think just as much, and, and again, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to feel your feelings. You know, these things are not meant to be bottled up. They're meant to express them. Find somebody you trust. Find somebody with a podcast. And just vent. So when, when anger would take you towards the bottle, where does anger take you now? I wouldn't even say anger took me toward a bottle. You know, okay. Just not, not wanting to process anything. Just not wanting to do anything about anything. It's like, okay, this is the simple solution. Okay. It's not, I'm, it's not even a solution. This is this is my this is my time machine to dealing okay. with it tomorrow. Okay, but I'm gonna tap in a little bit there because that's you, that's thinking now. Yeah. I, I think the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. the, but when we're in it, I'm so mad. I'm going to go and right. If if it's that if it, you know that anger, I think is also more of an I'll show you. Right. Like you're making the point that I don't want to acknowledge, and. Fine. It, that's all you think I am. Fine. Then I'm going to go be that. Right. So thanks for you. Thanks for giving yeah. me. You know. Thanks for co-signing my bullshit yeah, yeah. reason to go. I'm drink. drinking because you pissed me off. Right. So, but uh, that's mentality. Then yeah. obviously now after two years we think differently. But when you get mad now, how do you channel that anger? You know, I, I think. Uh, Well, I've always had um, sometimes healthy, sometimes not so healthy defense mechanism of, of humor. <laughs> no. Yeah. And a comedian with, yeah. with that defense. And here's the thing: I think you know when you when you when you put this toward me, and you, it's it's good. This I like. This is this this is this is how I deal with it. This is exactly it. Is I have I have. I see. I I still go to meetings, but I don't go to AA meetings. I can, I I just have the, a constant group chat uh, with friends um, that I'm, I'm constantly meeting with. I'm talking. I check in with people at Beit Shuva. Um, yeah, there's just there are people that always know how I'm doing. I guess, and that's that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. For those of you listening, um... the most important thing that Beit Shuva gave me. That I didn't even know I needed was a community, yeah. a community that wants me, a community that recognizes me, that accepts me, that encourages me, and points out my bullshit, calls me on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because uh, there's a. I needed to find some validation to make sure that I belong. I belonged. Yeah. And rather than go find it on a movie set or on a stand-up set or whatever, I was like, I need to go back. And I have my Monday morning check-ins. Yeah. And I have about 20 friends of mine from across the country that I check in with on Monday morning. How's Monday morning check-in. And then they'll write back. It's like, how are you doing? How are you doing? Right. And when I don't feel well or I'm sick and I don't do it, by Tuesday morning, they're texting me, where were you yesterday? What's going on? How are you? And that kind of brings me back to like, I'm not alone. Because I, I, get, I get physically sick. Post cancer and there's yeah. things that happen, and I go back, I go in my head, and I'm like, nobody loves me. I think the, the but these are all still good things to have. Yeah, people all they'll always ask me, uh, oh, do, do you get nervous before going on stage? Before you go do your you know do stand up or do a play? And I say yes, but that's good. 
that's a good feeling. That, that means I care. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to be angry about something, great. That means you care about it. Yeah. Now, let's figure out why you care so much and what you're actually going to do about it. You know, because just feeling it, the feeling, that's not productive. What are you going to do with that feeling? Whether it's anger or love or just or anything in between. It's just, what do you actually, now, it's easier to do that things with, with, the, with the good feelings because you're obviously probably with people as well. Um, that want to share that and are doing the same thing as you, like Miracle Project or making some seniors laugh in a nursing home. So before we end, will you come back? I would love to. I think we haven't even, like, there's so much that yeah. I Because obviously for everybody listening knows that when you come on the show for the first time, it's always about you. Like, I want to... I want to right. I still I want to know how you're doing, I want to hear you know? And then the second time around, it's more of a conversation. And then let's, let's dig and into that. Um, but you got stuff coming up. I do. So, um, so especially for, for Big Shuva, um, on February 23rd, that's a Saturday evening, I'm hosting, and there's a, there's a sisterhood, which is, consists of all these, these mothers of, of former and, um, you know, some of them current residents, they've created the sisterhood themselves, which is a great support group that gives back and through Big Shuva. And, um, they're producing and, and they're having me host and bring, Together, a whole bunch of comedian friends that I have, some sober, some not sober, but for a night of stand-up comedy at Beit Shuva. Um, I, th- I think we're going we're to do a suggested $20 donation, um, since we're a non-profit and we're not going to sell tickets. But, but Beit Shuva, the whole sanctuary, it holds about 500 people, so it's going to be um, a great big event. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I guess if you can tag it with... I'll forward you, I guess, information as we yeah, have, and, and we'll you can tag the video. But will you come back before that event? So I would love to come back before again? that event. Um, um, you know, even this Friday, I know you're out of town, but because um, at Beit Shuva, every Friday night, we do Shabbat services, um, and it, it's very really progressive. So, so um, in, in, in the Jewish uh, faith, on a beginning sundown Friday to sundown Saturday is, is Shabbat. Which really ties into recovery because essentially that's just an opportunity for you to relax and reflect on the week that was, and and what worked, what didn't. You know, it's it's a tenth step for the week, and some celebrate it much more uh, conservatively than others. Beit Shuva is very progressive, um, and so and also uh, since it's also a community of recovery, uh, people who are celebrating a year that week take a kick, or even uh, around that area. So even that, so mine is December 9th, but I'm taking cake this Friday because a very good friend of mine, we were in the Bay at the same time, he left around the same time, we're best friends, um, you know, like, like he's not really in the 12 step, he's found meditation. You should really... So I was going to say, so if he's coming on my so, show, right? Yeah. You're pushing uh, you him really over. You really want to talk to him. You're going to push him over here. And, um, an amazing musician, but well, so what, we, what's so his name again? Jeremy Evans. Jeremy Evans, uh, yeah. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. Please come on the show. You're somebody's getting your phone number, Jeremy. Woo-hoo. And uh, he's, oh, you want a bear? <laughs> he's a bear, big old bear. And uh, so we, we, you know, we we'll take cakes together. Now we did it last year, and we're doing it again this year. So it's, and uh, so yeah, it's the equivalent. I mean, you take cakes at meetings too, but. Um, since it's not really a chip thing, so Beit Shuva. Yeah, so I'm doing that this Friday, and but I would love for you to come to any other sort of Shabbat once you're back in town. Um, it's open entirely to the public. Um, I just think we, we, we have so many people, because in our community, it's not just the residents, it's supposed to form residents, it's the family and friends of current and former residents. 
because um, entire families have gotten help through Beit Shuva because it's not just and, and a lot of rehabs I think you may have seen it too it's they're very good at helping you blame others for your problems right. or or if the family wants to get involved it's like what did you do to get it? like mm, first of all it's it's hard enough to get the family you know on board and want to be involved in something mm-hmm. that they're like we didn't do this or yeah. we're barely even understanding the situation I was peer counselor yeah. at the rehab that I went to and did a lot of mediation yeah. between families and, but uh, she was the opposite of that. And well, there's a couple of things yeah. that I want to I want to do. Okay. Uh, first, for the 23rd, I want to handle your red carpet and your entrance. I want to. Well, yeah. I want to put a camera up and talk to people and talk to the comedians. So absolutely. Okay, good. Um, second, since I won't be here uh, on Friday because uh, Texas, we're coming to Texas. Um, when I get back. I want us to sit down and do another, another hour show, uh, and then whatever I can do with whatever tools that I have in my belt, I would love to volunteer somehow or or or, or bring something that I have. Right. Well, certainly. I mean, we had so much fun doing the still kicking again last Friday. So we, it's been too long since we did that, and uh, so we're definitely going to keep trying to do that with whoever we can get together for. Uh, for those of you. Um, before I say goodbye to you, and for those of you watching or and or listening, um, I have launched. Uh, you've heard me talk before, kind of superficially about the All Game, which is this really cool spiritual support group therapy session board game, and it's it's about your chakras and and aligning yourself and centering yourself, and it's usually played between two and six people on a night. It's about a four hour game, but since my friends are scattered all over the country, uh, and I'm, I have a more of a social media presence, I've launched my online all game. So you can actually, those people who want, listen to it know, we're, we're very close to the, uh, fire department. Um, they do know I'm parked in their own police business. Yeah, they're, oh yes, of course. <laughs> I'll tell you about that in a minute. So for those of you that are watching or, um, or listening, Monday nights, 7 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, we do a live version of the All Game, and you get to sit in, at home and play with me, and um, you have to watch to understand. I can't really explain it. So go to my YouTube page and look for the All Games. There's two episodes up right now as we're speaking. This is uh, December 19th. So on December 19th, there's two episodes. Play them. It doesn't matter when you do it. They're not time-sensitive, and you will catch on so that when we play live... You can play along with us, so go check that out. And I will show you that, uh, and I think... For those that are just listening, I wag my finger. At yes, we're, we're wagging fingers at each other. Um, I'll show you the video after we're done here, and you will see how that, for somebody in recovery, it's such an amazing game to play. Great. Such an amazing game. Um, where are you now? Before we go, where, uh, where, are, where are you now? Where am I? Oh, well... I live in Koreatown, but, you know, I'm just, I'm in an incredible place because I have daily reminders that I'm, I'm doing what I'm, I'm, I'm doing it well. I'm well. And I, I, I'm, I'm actively doing well. I'm physically doing well. And I'm just reminded that I'm doing well. I, I just, on a daily basis, have opportunities presented to me, um, and, before, and, and I mean, things are just begetting things. I mean, I have I, just through 
just through endeavors of mine just to give back and be of service, then spawns things that are good for me professionally. Mm -hmm. And which then lead to other opportunities. It's... So can you look at the camera? Because for those of you watch, listening, we have a camera playing. You can go on YouTube and watch some of these videos back. Can you can you look at the camera? Yeah. And there is somebody... You always say it gets better. <laughs> no, please no, because that's, <laughs> that's so gay. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, there's somebody standing at the doorway of some AA meeting, some recovery center, somewhere. And they don't know if they should walk through the door. Uh, well... If you're at the, if you're standing, if you're that close, you know you should. It's um, if you only you know if you have a problem. I mean, people of course will be telling you have a problem, but you have to acknowledge it first. And if you have an inkling, then you probably do. And there are many ways uh, to get through it, to get into it. Um, and it, it's not going to hurt you to to just walk into one. Uh, if and if you don't like that meeting. I'm gonna try another one, and but at least at least talk to somebody, um, verbalize the problem. You, you can have so much going on in your head, but until you actually say the words, "I have a problem." Um, I mean, I, that that really, I mean, that literally is the first step if you're if you're going that direction. But it's a problem when you want it. But essentially, you know, it's you probably know you have a problem, but you have to do something. Uh, it, People can only pull you by the hand so much. You know, it, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make him drink. And, or make him stop drinking. That's, that's the most <laughs> the case. Good uh, one. Good one. But yeah, you, you have to do something yourself. Thank you. And there's, but there's so many people that, that want to help you. You have to want to help them. Thank you. And I want to give a shout out to uh, my, my home. Bay Area Recovery Center out in Dickinson, Texas. Uh, to all the guys that still work out there, friends of mine. To all the guys that ended up staying and living out in Dickinson. Um, to the guy that didn't give me a job. I wanted to work there so bad. And they were like, this is this place is not for you. you got to get out. You know, it's the same thing with Bay Shoop. As much as I contributed there as I could, they never offered me... <laughs> well, there's probably other reasons for that. But... Again, because there's so much for, for me to do yeah. beyond that. And, and they know I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Know. They looked at me when I went and replied. I know, for the I job. know where they're serving dinner. Yeah. I went and applied for the job, and they were like, You're awesome. People like you. You're great. But you've got more to do out there to go. Yeah. And so thank you. I would not be in California now if it wasn't for you guys pushing me out of the nest. So I appreciate that. I was very angry at the time. And a citizen. And a citizen. I am an American citizen. You're, yeah, since we last saw each other, I, right? You I became, became American. American. May, May 23rd, 2018. Right. I'm American. And I do believe that I'm entitled to a lot of things. So I'll just <laughs> put that out there. I am one of those Mexicans. Um, Mexican-Americans. Uh, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, we went over a little, guy, uh, a little bit, but whatever, guys. Shut up. Um, we're going to have him back because there's so much more. I need to round you around because you, you, I, I see I see your pattern in answering questions. I <laughs> round you, but next time you're gonna come to Laguna so that I can go take you. I would to, love to take you out to my favorite taco place. I would love and, that. And, and uh, yeah, I love coming back to. Um, as I said, I went to UC Irvine, so I yeah. love going to see Orange County as much as I can. And I do work at UCI. 
I do HIV education at UCI. Right. I was just there a couple of days ago. So for everybody listening, we have been here with Cameron Weir, or as we say in Spanish, Cameron Weir, um, talking about his life. And then, again, some of you are going to be hungry and go, you didn't go deep enough. I know there's more to ask, but um, I, steps. I knew that his story was going to be so huge. He's got a big personality. He's a sweetheart. He's so nice. And, and single. And single. So we'll put his... I mean, page up there. Oh, it doesn't help if I... <laughs> the whispering doesn't help if the microphone's if the right microphone's on my yeah. yeah, did we learn nothing from politicians? Uh, for those of you listening and or watching, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, please go check out uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, uh, Daniel G. Garza, or at Little Mexican. Thank you to Mr. Moyers for all his help and support. Thank you, Cameron, for being here. Uh, a big shout out to uh, Big Shuba. Shuba? Yeah, Big Shuba. Big Shuba and uh, Bark out in Texas. Uh, again, there are many resources, and I say this seriously, there are many resources if you feel you have a problem with alcohol or drugs or any other compulsion, seek help. If you don't know where to go, our information will be on the Facebook page. We will guide you in the best way that we can. Uh, but... I know right now, if you're listening to this and you're drunk or high and you want out, um, it may seem like there's no way out. And I, I guarantee we were both there at one time. Mm -hmm. uh, and gee willikers, look at us now. Uh, there is a way. There is a way. And uh, I, I, I can't promise you what your journey is going to be like, but I can guarantee you it will be better than where you are right now. So with that said, uh, thank you everybody. Have, uh, this is filmed right before Christmas, so if you're listening to this before Christmas, Merry Christmas. Happy, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah. Um, and, uh, this is Danny Garza saying, hey, put it together. This is how I put it together. This is how I put it together. This is how I put it together. Subscribe to Put It Together on iTunes, Stitcher, and at abnormalentertainment.com slash put it together. Find Put It Together on Facebook and tweet Daniel at Lil Mexican, L-I-L-M-E-S-I-C-A-N. And for more podcasts, comics, books, movies, and more, head to abnormalentertainment.com. You've been listening to The Abnormal Entertainment.